Are you ready to turn your investments into retirement income? Listen in as Jeremy Kyle and his guests reveal ways you can make smarter retirement, investment, and tax planning decisions to achieve your ideal retirement. You will learn more about your money so you can feel better about your money and make better money decisions. Now, on to the show. Welcome to Retirement Revealed. I'm your host, Jeremy Kyle, and I'm joined by my producer, Eric Johnson. Eric, how are you today? I am fantastic, Jeremy. What's going on? Well, we're doing something different. We haven't done this before. We recorded a client-only webinar, mm. and we love our clients, love our podcast listeners, so we're going to let uh, our podcast listeners kind of in on the uh, access on our client-only webinar that we recorded on, on interest rates. So fun way to, to go about it. Yeah, this is this is different than what we've normally done. So we're gonna we're gonna listen to that webinar right now as and you're incorporating it into this podcast and then we're gonna chat about it at the end, right? Yeah, that's exactly it. We recorded this early March, like a first or second day of March. This podcast is gonna be coming to you in the last part of April, maybe six or seven weeks after that. I got a feeling the world won't have changed terribly too much mm-hmm. by then in that six or seven week period. So it should be all very relevant to you. Of course, then again, March 1st of last year, 2020, we said, ah, the world's going to look pretty normal six or seven weeks from now. <laughs> and we were completely wrong. So we'll yeah, see what happens. It's kind of fun to, to see what we talk about. And then I get to hear it later on, six, seven weeks later on it. But yeah, it seems like since the end of December, the number one question our clients have been asking us is, what do we do with our bank money? Interest rates are so close to zero. Mm-hmm. What do we do? So we spent some time, uh, more time than we normally do, trying to look for some solutions. That's what we put together. I uh, hope you enjoy that. I'll tell you real quick, what, what do most people do? They complain. <laughs> and then when they're done complaining, they say, you know, I'm going to wait it out. And we know people that are waiting out interest rates to get back to normal since 2008. So that's yeah. uh, a little bit too long. We think you should not complain. You should not wait it out. Our hope is that you're going to do something different. So enjoy our, our webinar. Enjoy our talk here on how to get more interest on your bank money and pay special attention to there are four things you should be doing before you go try to get better interest. Think think about that for a second and enjoy enjoy our talk here. There we go. Hey everyone, it's Jeremy Kyle here, and you might see somebody else, Scott White as well. Scott's my guest for our webinar today. And our goal here is to help you get some more money out of your or more interest rather out of your, your bank money. So thanks for coming on out. Uh, if you're new to Zoom or not new to Zoom, you might see that there's a Q&A section on there. You can send us some questions throughout. If we don't get to those questions, we'll make sure that we uh, answer those. So I'm, I'm assuming everyone here is on because they want to figure out how to get more interest on their bank money. That's literally the number one question we've been getting from our clients over the last two or three months. And we decided back in mid-December, let's start digging into this even further than we normally do. And so that what we that's what we did. Found a few different ideas and suggestions we want to uh, share with you guys, see if it all uh, works out. So I'll, I'll introduce now my guest, Scott White. He's a fixed annuity specialist with CPS Insurance Brokerage. Scott, why don't you say hi and tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, yeah, thanks, Jeremy. Thanks for having me. Appreciate you guys uh, taking time out of your day to... Uh... To listen to Jeremy and I, uh, I, I am with CPS. We're a brokerage firm out of Newport Beach, and I've been working with uh, CPS focusing on retirement planning for the last uh, 14 years as of February. Um, so this is all I do is look at retirement income planning and uh, excited to, to share whatever I can to help you all on the call this morning. Great. Yeah, Scott's been very instrumental uh, with a lot of our clients over the last two or three months uh, with finding the different interest rate accounts and products that fit their situation best. So we wanted to introduce you to Scott and perhaps we'll be working together with uh, with your own situation. But the whole reason we're talking here is because interest rates are so low. Everyone's asking us, why are interest rates so low? Uh, we've got a couple of theories. Uh, we'll tell you that if anyone thinks they know exactly why things are going on, don't believe a thing that they're talking about at all. The economy is so complex, the government's so complex, uh, we don't think anyone has control over interest rates. But what you can do is take some control over your own accounts, your own money, and what's going on with the world, and perhaps take advantage of, of what's out there and maybe some things that are a little disrupting. So two reasons why interest rates are so low. Number one is the economy. 
a lot of times the theory at least is that when the economy is not doing as well, the interest rates go lower because people are taking money out of the economy, putting them into bank type interest rate type accounts that raises demand for those accounts. So people don't have to pay as much interest. If everyone's trying to buy a CD from the bank, the bank doesn't have to give you as much interest. That's kind of a one thought. The other thought is the Federal Reserve. Now, if you had to pick one, I would say the Federal Reserve is the number one reason why interest rates are so low. If you look back 13 months ago, February, 2020. So last weekend of February, 2020, we went out, visited our um, my brother-in-law, sister-in-law, their new baby, had a great time, had no thought at all about COVID. Within two weeks, <laughs> that's all we were thinking about was COVID. And so it's amazing what the government did is they added a bunch of money into the economy. But I think somewhat more importantly, what the Federal Reserve did is they cut interest rates from 1.75% down to 0.25. That's huge. The Federal Reserve is basically the national bank. And if their rates went from 1.75 down to 0.25, everyone's got to lower their rates. That's just what's going on. Just in 13 months, that's a huge uh, drop. That's like an 80% drop or more. It's, that's just amazing. So we had to deal with that and figure that, that one out. So what are most people doing about it? Well, I'd say the number one thing they're doing is complaining. <laughs> Hear people talking about interest rates and saying, what, what can you do about it? Well, we've got some ideas on what you can do about it. Although once you get past the complaining stage, maybe the next step is you decide to do something about it. And usually the next step is to wait. A lot of people say, well, let's just wait it out. Uh, we know people that are waiting out interest rates since 2009. Uh, so that's, that's maybe not the, the best choice. We'll talk through about it. Uh, real quick here. Uh, here's an example is what if you wanted a one-year CD? You just always had a one-year CD. It was always renewing. A year ago, it used to be almost 2%. Now it's only renewing at 0.5. Uh, and that's all you can get right now. Or maybe you could lock in at two years and get 1.5. And some people say 1.5, that's horrible. I'm not going to bother. I'm going to wait it out, leave it in the bank at close to zero, right? Leave it in checking maybe at 0.01. And then what happens is one year later, you earn zero basically for the whole year. How much money do you, how much interest do you have to get just to, to pull even uh, with that? You'd have to get over two and a half percent. You'd actually have to get closer to 3% just to break even. And I know Scott, you've got some calculators to help people figure that out, the cost of breaking even. Yeah, I do. And it's, uh, I can send it to you if you wanted to share it with clients. It's, it's an Excel spreadsheet. You can plug in mm -hmm. your tax bracket. And that's that's the other thing that this uh, this calculation, uh, you know, what's what's so amazing about it. This is just with pre-tax dollar or with uh, after-tax dollars, right? So if you factor in the tax bracket, if it's a, a non-qualified money situation, you know, money from your checking account or your savings account that's already been taxed, these CDs also have a 1099 that they're sending every year on the interest. So. Um, we can factor that in or factor that out with uh, with my calculator. So I'll, I'll send that to you. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. So something that's one of the resources we'll have if you'd like to talk more about this later on. So we certainly be happy to go through it with the, everyone uh, individually on there. So let's let's try to get some more of the bank money. We realize now that complaining doesn't do any good. Waiting probably doesn't do any good. So what are some ideas on how to get more out of that money that's just piling up in the bank? Seems like that's the case. Uh, there's just money that's growing in the bank, earning close to close to zero. Well, our first thought is almost always pay down your debt. If you're earning or rather paying even 3%, 5%, on whatever debt you might have, car loans, student loans for the kids, uh, mortgages, whatever it is, you pay down that debt. It's like you just made three or five or 7%. It's actually better. Like Scott said, with the tax, uh, tax situation there, if you pay down debt, you don't get a 1099 for paying off your interest. You get a 1099 and have to pay taxes on it when you do earn interest. So paying off 3% debt is even better than getting a 3% account. So that's probably the first place you want to look. The next place is just consider the idea of delaying your pension or Social Security. So you might be looking at retirement soon and thinking, when do I file for this pension? A lot of times the pension rates, as far as how much it grows each year, it kind of tracks along with Social Security. So I'll just talk about Social Security a little bit more. And that Social Security basically increases at 8% per year, which means if you got money in the bank earning zero and you have a choice between taking that money out to spend or Social Security that could grow at 8%, well, 
uh, which do you want to which do you want to save? Do you want to grow your 8% money or do you want to spend your 8% money? Do you want to save your 0% money or spend your 0% money? You want to spend your 0% money and you want to save your 8% money. So lots of ways to go through that. Just a quick example, just a, a thought there is we had somebody who had inherited about $25,000. They inherited some money from uh, a relative. Their social security was actually around $2,000 per month. And he came to us and said, what should I do? How do I get extra money? How do I invest this $25,000? We looked at it and said, you know, you could defer your social security. You need the $2,000 a month. You actually got the $2,000 a month from social security the last year or so. Let's spend instead that inheritance. We deferred his social security. You're allowed to do that once you hit your full retirement age. And then uh, a year later, he let it refile. He didn't, uh, he took it off deferment. He was getting 2160 a month. He was getting 8% more. So it's an odd way to look at it, but it's probably the correct way to look at it is uh, you could somewhat invest and make interest in a way off of social security or delaying your, your pension on there. So you got to consider that one for sure. Another thought is you want to pay your taxes, which sounds odd. Why do I want you to pay taxes? Well, one reason is sometimes, especially once you hit retirement, you've got these quarterly estimated taxes. A lot of people hate paying them. Well, you know what's worse? Paying an interest and penalty at the end of the year. So step one is make sure if you have those quarterly estimates, you need to send those in. You're better off getting that money out of your account and into the government's hands so that they don't charge you the interest and penalties for, for not doing that. But an even bigger step beyond that is you might have money in your traditional account your traditional IRA, where interest rates, I'm sorry, tax rates are going to grow in 2026 and later, if not before. Tax rates are lower right now in 2021 compared to where they were four years ago and compared to where they're scheduled to be five years from now. So it might be a wise choice if you have too much money in the bank in a way to convert your traditional money over to Roth and use up your bank money to send in the taxes that you owe on that. That's very much one thing you wanna consider. Another one is find better interest accounts that already exist. A lot of people that have money in the bank, they're good savers. And over time, they've had whole life insurances. They've had non-IRA uh, non annuities. They have stable value accounts inside their 401k. A lot of these accounts that you've had for years might have a really good interest rate that's kind of locked in. I've got an annuity from way back when that is locked in at 2.5% uh, at the minimum. So I can add money into it and make 2.5%. It's worthwhile to go look to see what you already have. We do that all the time to see what is it you already have that you might be able to make better use of. And then uh, number five here, this is what we're on the, the line here to talk about, is shop for better interest. And one way to do that is to look at credit unions or community banks. It seems like these more local options do a better job with interest rates compared to some of the bigger banks that are out there. Another way to do that is to go to an online bank, a famous one we've been telling people for years, bankrate.com. It's not a bank itself. It's just a service that shows you where the good interest rates are. And that's a way to go and find what the best interest rates are compared to what you might be getting right now in your accounts. And a lot of people hear that and say, wait a second, I do not want to go bank online. I don't want to deal with one of these online banks. Well, number one, they're FDIC insured. There's no difference really between the bank you use every day and this bank. And then we ask you about your bank. And it turns out you got an app on your phone. You're going online to move money from checking to savings. You're already doing online banking. You're already doing that. You're just doing it with your existing bank that's down the street. So it's not too much of a leap to actually go out and do the online banking through a, a bank that you can't drive by every day. It's FDIC insured, uh, just as stable as the bank that's down the street, and you're already doing the online banking. Kind of a step beyond that, beyond going to bankrate.com is a service we found called Max My Interest. It's a service where they go do the, sh the shopping of the interest rates for you. So when you go to bankrate.com, you have to look at it consistently to find out, am I getting the best interest on my online savings account? Well, Max My Interest does that for you. They charge a fee. Obviously, they got to do that. They're a service. And their fee is 0.08% per year. Right now, their best interest, we'll talk about later, but their best interest is higher than what you can find 
through bank rate. It's higher than what you can find through a local bank right now. And that's even after they charge their 0.08%. So it seems as if uh, right now in this moment, you can get better interest on your online savings through there, uh, even after the fee. And you don't necessarily have to go shopping every single month for that rate to make sure you're in the best rate. And then you're opening a new account every month just to shop for the best best rate. They can do that uh, through Max My Interest uh, on there. And here's why I brought Scott on is right now there's so many different types of accounts. There's CDs, there's money markets, there's savings accounts. And something we believe strongly is you should go where the interest is paying you the best. And it seems as if when we're looking through a lot of these, when you're talking about two-year money, three-year money, five-year money, a fixed annuity just happens to be paying better interest than a CD. So we ought to be considering it and just seeing what the, the differences are. So Scott, maybe could you, you could tell us what is how is a fixed annuity different than a CD? Sure. Uh, in short, there, there's there are a lot of differences, but there's a ton of similarities as well. Uh, the most common statement that I use when introducing people into a, a fixed annuity and, and kind of how it works is it's almost like a tax deferred CD. And what I mean by that is, you know, you have a fixed rate just like a CD does. Uh, it's a little higher than a CD uh, happens to be right now. That's just the way that that the interest rates are panning out right now. So the fixed annuity has a higher rate than a CD, and you don't get that 1099 every single year from from your annuity that you would on your CD money. So what that creates really is what I like to call triple compounding. Uh, so I'll give you an example. So let's say you got $100,000 and you look at an annuity and it's, let's call it 2% to make the math easy. So that 2% that you're getting every year, you're earning interest. You're earning interest on your interest because it's a compound type of account. And you're also earning interest on money you would have spent on taxes. So there's a very, it's very, it's a very powerful phenomenon. The, uh, the tax deferral on a fixed annuity that you don't have with a CD. Uh, as far as the way that it works, uh, you, you have a term, right? Same as a CD, you could go shop for a one-year CD, a two-year CD, a five-year CD. Annuities right now, you have anywhere from a two-year option all the way out to a 10-year option. So there aren't, there aren't many one-year options out there. But even for a two-year, uh, you're right around 2% right now, uh, which is higher than the CD. Um, so those are some of the similarities and, and I'm just using those to kind of draw comparisons, but there's also some differences, right? Um, a CD is a little bit more liquid. Uh, if you go in to, to take a withdrawal from your CD, if you buy a two year CD and you need the money after a year, you can go in and take that out and Hey, you just, you lose out on the interest, right? Uh, these annuities have charges if you liquidate it early. So uh, and they're all disclosed, right? They're all disclosed in, when you're buying the annuity, but you really want to make sure with annuity more so than a CD that the money that you're depositing into these types of accounts, you definitely can wait the term until you need it. So uh, Jeremy can help you with, with some of the uh, planning on you know, what some of those timelines might be and, and ensure that you get something that matches up with that timeline. We don't want to go with a, a five-year rate, right, that you need to access in three years and, and so forth. So those are some of the similarities and some of the differences. Um, the, the CD, you know, Jeremy mentioned FDIC insured. The annuity is not. Uh, it's not FDIC insured. Um, when that comes up, I always point out, uh, you know, FDIC, the IC in FDIC stands for insurance, insurance company, right? Um, so the government is using the concept of insurance to insure CD money. That's how FDIC uh, works. On the annuity side, you have something called the state guarantee fund. So the state guarantee fund, it's different in every state, but it guarantees a certain amount on deposit that you might have in a fixed annuity. So um, I have another tool. Depend, I don't know if Jeremy, if you have uh, clients in, in multiple states, but I have another tool I can send you that just points out what all the minimum guarantees are in every single state that in the union. So yeah, that'd be helpful. Thanks, Scott. Uh, sure. Most everyone I looked here, I think everyone that's on the call right now. Oh, there's one. Yeah, just about everyone is in Wisconsin. We've got uh, one that's not in Wisconsin. And then we're actually going to put this on the podcast uh, to Scott. And uh, we have more people listening outside of Wisconsin than we do inside. So yeah, that'd be a helpful, helpful sure. tool. 
Uh, I put down here, why are the interest rates better right now? I'll just give you my take. Let me know how, what you think is, if it's correct in a way. But um, basically, if you get a one-year CD or a money market, the banking world, you go to a bank, they have to deal with the Federal Reserve. So they pretty much have to follow along with what the Federal Reserve is doing for their interest rates. And like we talked about, those rates, the Fed rates are way down uh, by a huge amount. I mean, 80% plus on there. Meanwhile, annuities, they go, the insurance companies that issue these, they go and they lend out the money just like a bank would, uh, but they don't have to deal with the Federal Reserve. They deal with interest rate type of accounts, bonds and mortgages and things like that. Their rates are down, but their rates are not down 80 some percent uh, like the federal funds rate are. Uh, so just when things work out this way, sometimes annuities are a better deal. Sometimes CDs are a better deal. It just seems because of the way that interest rates and the Federal Reserve is set up right now that the annuity rates are coming in higher than what a, a comparable type of rate would be from a bank product. Does that sound about right? That's pretty accurate. I, I think just to add to that, the 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 banks are, you know, that's the, the Federal Reserve and what we call the LIBOR, uh, the London Interbank Offered Rate. Banks are using those rates as benchmarks to loan, right? So the further those rates go down, the less arbitrage you can charge on a short-term loan for from a bank standpoint. So Fed comes down, LIBOR comes down, uh, CD rates come down. On the annuity side, uh, I'd say 90% of the financial backing, what I mean by that is, is what the annuity carrier, what the company is purchasing to be able to offer you this 2% rate, for example, 90% of those vehicles are corporate bonds. So uh, corporate bond rates, depending on you know, what type of company bond you're buying, are, are higher right now. Uh, and you have the underlying guarantee that the insurance company is giving you. So in case there's a bond rate default or something like that, these fixed annuities are truly fixed. They are truly guaranteed by the insurance company. So if that was to happen, you have the added insurance of still getting your 2% if bond rates default. But um, yeah, I would, I would agree with you. I think the, uh, the mechanism on how they're backing those, those financial transactions is, is the main reason. Yep. Yeah, so uh, this might be a new concept for folks. Uh, so we need to have some questions to ask because a lot of people here, they know exactly how bank accounts work, money markets and uh, CDs and things like that. So here's some questions we want you to ask and that we'll be showing you uh, if we're talking about this where if maybe it's a good thing for you. But one question to ask with fixed annuities, and I'll just go through each of them, Scott, and maybe if you can uh, just describe these terms, because really these are new terms uh, maybe for everybody. So the first one is saying, what what is the surrender period? And kind of, I like to call it the lockup period. Sure, absolutely. So I mentioned earlier, the, the fixed annuity world has anywhere from a two-year guarantee all the way out to a 10-year guarantee. And, and certainly there are, are longer ones, which uh, I don't think anybody would advocate for right now, considering where we are in the interest rate environment. Mm -hmm. But a surrender period is essentially a schedule, right? So I'll give you an example. It's kind of the best way to, to describe how it works. Uh, let's say you're shopping and you say, okay, I want this five-year uh, annuity. I want this five-year fixed annuity and this five years paying 2.7, for example which is a real product uh, right now. Uh, I have a 2.75 year. The surrender period is going to last as long as that guarantee is, is uh, guaranteed. So it's gonna be a five-year time period. And then what you'll see again in the disclosure of the contract is a schedule. And the schedule will say, okay, if you surrender or liquidate your annuity early, let's say in the first year, we're gonna charge you 6%. Of the of the of the amount, if you surrender it in year two, we're going to charge you five percent. If you surrender in year three, four percent. So 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 on and so forth. So it's a declining percentage that the company will charge you in order to liquidate the account early. So th the reason that they do that, and again, it's very important to make sure that your timeline matches up with how long the surrender period is. The reason they do that is remember, the financial mechanism that they are purchasing behind the scenes to back your guaranteed 2.7 are corporate bonds. So when you surrender your money, 
the carrier in turn has to liquidate those bonds early. So they get a penalty, they pass it on to the, to the end user, which is the client. So they all have surrender uh, schedules. It's just important to work with your advisor and understand what those are and, and uh, make sure they match up with your timeline. Yeah, that's great. That basically answers the next question, which is what is a surrender charge? A lot of you might be used to, if you cancel out a CD early, you lose a certain amount of interest. And with an annuity, just like Scott said, it's not necessarily the interest that you gave up over the last uh, quarter or two quarters. It's a specific percentage of the amount. Along with that is something called a free withdrawal amount. And so quite often with a CD, at the end of each year, you might be able to withdraw the interest and that's it. With annuities, a lot of times the insurance company might have a, a different type of uh, different type of way to go about it. It's kind of similar to, but what, what would you describe? How would you describe that free withdrawal amount? And maybe just give me two examples of those. Sure. So this is a, this is a, a contract feature. Uh, not every single annuity has these, but I'd say most of them do. 90% uh, have something called a free withdrawal amount. It's the amount that you can access of your account value every single year that's free of surrender charges. So I'll give you an example. So uh, one uh, type of free withdrawal is, I'll give you two examples. One is a interest only withdrawal, which is similar to your CD example. If I'm earning 2.7% on my $100,000 and I've waited a whole year, I can access $2,700 of my annuity and I won't get any of those charges that I described a little earlier. So those are considered, those are free withdrawals. The other type of free withdrawal that might exist on your contract is a 10% uh, free withdrawal, which as, as the name implies, if I wanted to access any amount in my, uh, in my contract, you can access up to 10% of that value that's free of surrender charges. So, um, the key to, to I'll, I'll go a little further with that. The key is you don't always need the 10% free withdrawal, right? Think of uh, what I would do is, is think of a fixed annuity as kind of like a pie chart or, or a pizza, if you will. The larger that you slice certain uh, features of the contract, so the, the higher the free withdrawal, um, probably what's going to happen is the lower the interest rate. So all of these companies are using the same types of, of financial backing to, to formulate their annuity products. They just package it in a different way. So um, those interest-only accounts might have a higher interest rate than the 10% free withdrawal accounts is kind of the, the gist. Yeah, that's great. So that's why it's good to, to learn about all these different options. Some of them people might be familiar with, some of them they're not. The next one is what is the renewal process? So a CD... Uh, everyone's pretty much used to. You get a notification, your CD's come and due. You've got that 10-day window is pretty typical uh, on there. And then it just renews again uh, on there. It's pretty similar, I'd say, with a fixed annuity, it seems like from what I've seen. What would you say, Scott? Yeah, you're spot on. Uh, the the carrier is going to send a letter to the advisor and to the client, um, usually about three or four weeks prior to the the I call it the uh, maturity date, which is if you got a five-year, they'll send it in you know four years, 11 months or so. And they'll have a, a printed renewal on what interest rate they're going to offer your client if they stay put. And what the prudent advisor does and what the prudent client does is they shop that right during that time. So if I'm renewing at 2% and I can get something at 2.5 or 2.25, I could, I could roll my money out. So that renewal process is very similar that you might see in the CD market. Yeah, definitely. That's what we we see down there. Seems like there's maybe uh, a longer time frame of this renewal process, uh, but in a way, it's kind of a bigger commitment, like you said, because they have the surrender periods, they have the surrender charges. So it all it all uh, makes sense, I believe. The next two, I'd say, um, well, this one's pretty self-explanatory. What's the interest rate? You got to know what you're signing up for on there, and and people are used to that. That's just a quoted rate, pretty simple to understand. But I'd say the last two here go together, which is uh, what is the company rating? And how much do you have with that company already? I tell you, I think most clients, most people I talk to keep a strong eye on that FDIC, the amount that they have with this particular bank. They don't bother looking at how the bank's getting rated, but maybe just share how you could uh, figure out why 
or how do you figure out a company rating and why is it important with the, uh, the annuity companies? Sure. The, the most popular, there, there's these ratings agencies that are highly regulated uh, that will go in and look at the books of the insurance company and tell you what they rate their credit at. And the most popular one out there is AM Best. Some of mm -hmm. you on the call might have even heard of it. Um, if you look at, you know, the New York lives of the world, uh, those are a plus plus, um, the, the credit rating doesn't get any better. Um, the carriers that, that we offer, they're all a rated with very few exceptions. Uh, there are some B plus plus companies that we represent as well. And the key is, uh, and you have it here at your, at, uh, on the last point, uh, Jeremy is, is how much do you have with that company already? Um, how long is the surrender period? So some people are looking for just a short-term parking space and the B plus plus companies offer uh, usually a higher interest rate than your A plus plus companies. And the question starts to become, are you comfortable with uh, this particular company and this particular company rating to get the higher interest rate? Uh, and that, that answer is going to be different for every client, right? Um, we have clients that say, hey, I'm totally comfortable with that. Lock me up for two years with a B++ because I'm getting 2% versus this A++ company that will give me 1%. So um, what, what tends to happen there is we'll look more at some of the financials behind the scenes. We won't just rely on the rating. Um, there's a analysis called a vital signs analysis that we can run that shows uh, really everything you, you wanna know about the company, including what types of bonds they're buying to back these policies. Do they have any problem mortgages that they've invested in? So we can get really granular with some of the analysis that we do on the credit rating. But most times if it's an A or better, the, the, the client's pretty satisfied. But if not, mm -hmm. uh, you have tools at your disposal to, to help them uh, get satisfied or help them feel more comfortable. Yeah, and that's exactly why the next part of it is how much do you have with that company already? Just about everyone knows and they follow along with the FDIC lines with it all. And it's worthwhile to figure out the state guarantee fund. Uh, I believe in Wisconsin, we looked it up. It's 300,000 was the number that uh, the state guarantee fund uh, backs. So you get the insurance company that's guaranteeing it and they've got their own reserves to back it. And then kind of the last case scenario there is the, uh, the state guarantee fund that's there. So it's good to find out what that number is for sure. Absolutely. And that, and that works per contract, just like, uh, just like your bank does. So if you have money at company A and an, another set of funds at company B, and they're, they're both, they're both guaranteed up to that amount. Yeah. Great. So we've got a decision process, a way for you to figure out uh, what's the right amount to put into different places. And for a while, it was kind of easy. You just had your bank money, but now that checking accounts are at zero bank money markets and savings accounts are pretty close to zero. Uh, we want you to think through and find ways to go out and get some better better interest. So just some thoughts here is if you want to figure out how much money do you spend each month, you got to have two to three months of that in your checking account. That way it's just easy if you go over for the month or you don't have to worry about it. It just gives you a little bit of, of a buffer. Uh, that's a great way to go. The next stop is to think through, have I paid off any debt or have I delayed my pension or social security? The next step is how much money might you spend in the next two years? And we say two years because like Scott mentioned, most of these places, the earliest amount of a lockup period is, is two years. So as far as we can tell, any money that you're planning on spending in the next two years ought to be more in a higher interest savings as opposed to uh, some sort of locked up type account. And likely that interest rate that you're going to get the best rate on is some, some level of online, whether it's bank rate or through maxbyinterest.com. Real quick on that, and we'll send this out to everybody too, is we mentioned that 0.08% that Max My Interest charges their clients for their service. Uh, they also have a minimum. So it's $12 per quarter as a minimum. If you run the math, and I know some of you on the call might actually run the math, basically means you want to have $60,000 or more online through Max My Interest. That's for folks that go directly there. When you open an account through Max My Interest through a financial advisor like myself, they waive that minimum. They still charge the 0 0.08, uh, but you can feel confident having less than 60,000 in there because you're only getting charged a 0.08% for the entire year. 
So we'll send out a link to everyone. If that's something they want to do and look into it, then use the link that we have. That way you don't get the uh, the minimum showing up. We make $0 on that at all from the max pay interest. It's just that when their clients are introduced through an advisor, they waive that, that minimum on there. And then the next question, last question is, how much bank money do I have left? Make sure you had enough in checking. Make sure you've gotten the best uh, growth out of your pension and social security, paid off your debt, those things, got two years worth in higher interest savings accounts. If you have something left, maybe that's when you start looking for two-year, three-year, five-year, seven-year type accounts to get the better interest. And we'll give you an example. And this is basically the example. We got three people just about in one day gave us a call in late December asking the exact same thing. And we have a, quite a few people that fall into this. So let's just uh, go with an example. Let's say normally you might have 50,000 in your bank checking, which right now you're paying 0.01. And I don't know too many people that spend 50,000 a month, uh, not too much even that spend 15,000 a month. So that seems like maybe it's a little high uh, in a way. And you might have 100,000 in your bank savings at 0.01. And a couple of years ago, maybe it was at one or 2%. So you felt fine. But now that your bank savings at a lot of the big companies are 0.01, it might be time to think about something different. And then a lot of the folks had 100,000 in a one-year CD because let's lock it up, get the better interest. Well, just about everyone we talked to, the rate was close to two. Now it's renewing these days. Here we are, March, 2021, 0.5. That's actually what it was renewing at in December for a lot of people. I think 0.4 might be more like it in March of 2021 here. Well, if you did that and you had that 250,000 in the bank with that structure, you're only getting about $600 a year of interest. So what if instead you did something different? What if you only had 30,000 in your bank checking? That might fit more along with two to three to four months worth that you keep of the spending amount that you have in your checking. What if you have 150,000 in your online savings, but you're earning more, 0.5%. And then you took a look and said, I've got extra. I can put 70,000. This is a, uh, boy, I tell you, we've got like three of these uh, right now going right now where uh, this, this seemed to be the best way is right along just about these numbers. But 70,000 in that two-year fixed annuity, that one's at 2.15% right now. That's 22.58 per year in interest more than three times the amount of interest, almost four times the amount of interest. And in a way, it seems uh, slightly too good to be true when you're looking at your bank account at 0 0.1, 0.10. But we just want to share with you what happens when you look for and get the rates that are out there. And the rates as of this morning, I looked this morning, March 2nd, 2021, uh, community is the best rate on bankrate.com for an online account, 0 0.60. I'd be a little cautious on that actually in a way. And that... Ally, Synchrony, American Express, they've been consistently at 0.5. They're almost always towards the top. And what happens with these uh, online banks is that they are smart. And if they know they're number one at 0.6, they'll get a bunch of clients. And they also know that once you become a client, you're less likely to move. So a lot of these places just pop up for a couple of weeks or a month. And they know that the competition is Ally and Synchrony and American Express and they know what their rates are. So they'll just pop up a little bit ahead and get some clients in. And then once they have enough clientele, they'll they'll drop their rates down. Now, if you made use of a place like Max My Interest, so I signed up for Max My Interest back in December because I wanted to make sure I knew how it was working before I recommended it to, to clients. Their top rate right now is 0.75%. Now you got to take away the 0.08. So 0.67 is where they're at as of now. But what's so interesting, what worked is that in December, when I signed up, the best rate was 0.65. So when I put in a few thousand bucks towards that account, uh, 0.65, and they put me with one bank, uh, next thing I know, within about a month, that 0.65 actually dropped. Now it's at 0.55. But another bank showed up at 0.75. So Max, my interest switched me over automatically from the lower rate to the higher rate. That's uh, somewhat one of the reasons why uh, we like that one a little bit better right now is because it kind of does the work for you and their rates seem to fall in line because they're in competition too. They're in bank rates competition. They know exactly what they've got to uh, get out of their banks to make sure it's worth worthwhile on there. So that's, that's how those work. And that's what the rates are today on the bank side. For a two-year rate, there's a company called Silac out of Utah. Uh, that's got a 2.15% 
rate as of right now today, March 2021, no free withdrawal. So just like Scott said, you get a higher rate because you uh, you you give up some other portions of it uh, of features that are there. So two year at 2.15. In our example, we used pretty certain that client that person is not going to need that amount. They are roughly 30% of their bank money. We said probably makes sense in the two year because they've got so much more in the checking and the online savings. So it's just this balance. How do you get those better rates for you? There's a four-year rate right now at 2.6%. Now, this one's kind of common where you don't have the ability to take anything out the first year, but every year after that, you've got the ability to do a 10% free withdrawal. If you had a hundred grand in there a year from now, 13 months from now, 12 months in a day from now, you could take out 10 grand. You could take out 10% out of there. And each year you could do the same throughout the entire four years. And real quick too, these rates, those are guaranteed. Those are set in stone the entire two years or four years or five years. Here's one uh, at 2.7 where you could get 10% a year coming out of it. Uh, you could also get another one from that Silac company again at 2.95%. So you get a higher rate, but there's no free withdrawal. So maybe you like that idea. Maybe you like the, the ability to take some money out. It's just whatever makes the most sense for your your situation. So here's what we'd like you to do next. And uh, so far, please send some questions in if you got those. We don't see any of those coming up right now. But uh, the first thought is review our process on how to decide where your money belongs. We'll send you out that process. Uh, we want you to learn more about fixed interest annuities. It's a little different maybe than the CDs, but it's also similar. Uh, a lot of our clients are, are more educated, I'd say, than, than the average uh, client we run into. It's just thinking through of uh, just how things compare to what you already know and what are the differences on there. Uh, just like you do your online banking through your local bank, maybe learn more and start doing some online savings uh, through a place like bankrate.com that suggests where to go or maybe maxmyinterest.com. We will send you that link so you've got that. And I'd say our number one advice is uh, don't throw in the towel. Take some time, take charge. It's your money. You deserve more interest than you're getting. And it seems like that's the case for just about everyone we're talking to in the last three months, especially. That's the number one question. So our hope is that uh, your time today, our sharing this information is going to help you get some better interest out of your, your bank money, make you feel better about how you're, you're doing all that. With that, Scott, anything I should have asked you that maybe I haven't already? I think you nailed it. So all, all right. it's all it's all good advice. I think the short-term interest rate mar market is tough right now and and getting creative is a is an excellent uh excellent solution. That's exactly it. Yeah, getting uh getting creative. Exactly. Got a question here coming in and that's a great question. So a friend of mine says, "What do you think of the Solomon Foundation savings accounts?" And just real quick, it's not a savings account. And I'll just describe that for everybody. Uh and I don't know if I've shared this with you Scott, but a lot of our clients uh, come from a Lutheran background or a Christian background. And a lot of these church bodies have things called uh, church extension funds where they raise money. They uh, let you put money on deposit with them so that they can go out and they can loan money out to churches so they can do renovations and buy church buildings and things like that. So Lutheran church extension fund is a, is a big one. Solomon foundation is a big one uh, that we see. And with those, um, you got to know the ups and downs. So one up from both of those, uh, those types of church extension foundations, church extension funds, is the interest is more likely better than what you're getting out of a bank type of account because the bank account is guaranteed. It's investing through the uh, FDIC and the Federal Reserve and kind of those uh, worlds. And with the church extension funds, they're going out and they're lending to churches that probably cannot get a bank loan. And so their backing is with church mortgages. So that's uh, something you want to keep an eye on. They'll give you out a prospectus and you want to keep an eye on uh, how well their church mortgages and things are performing and understand that the money you put on deposit with one of these funds foundations is absolutely not guaranteed. We wanted to focus today on just guaranteed type of investments, uh, but you're right on. And what my friend uh, uh, Bob here puts, he, he likes the interest rate. He likes the flexibility to add and withdraw from the account. And that's exactly it. No matter where you go, understand what's backing it. What are the guarantees? What are the rules? 
what are the interest rates uh, on there? So that's a, a great thing. Another question from Mary is, if taxes are deferred with the annuity until that redemption date, what happens uh, or what are the implications of claiming all those taxes at one time versus a yearly impact? So if you think about it right now with interest rates so low at one, two percent, uh, you know, if you got a uh, thousand or two thousand bucks on your taxable interest today compared to maybe three, four, five thousand dollars on your taxable interest all in one year, I doubt it's too much of a difference. But you absolutely want to keep in mind that while you have a deferred annuity, your taxes would be lower than when you have a CD or a bank type of account. But then when you completely cash it out, the taxable amount would be would be higher. So it's just good to understand that that difference and plan for it. There are some other ways you can go about. So one example, and Scott, I'm sure does this all the time, is if you have a fixed annuity, you could uh, take that fixed annuity and switch it over to another one and you keep on deferring it. It's called a 1031 exchange. It's basically kind of how like uh, real estate works in a way. So you can keep on deferring it till later. It's not like a CD where it comes due and then boom, all of a sudden, because it's the annuity, the taxes come due that year, you have no choice over it. You do have some choices on that. You could also set it up so that your annuity pays out to you uh, slowly over time. So maybe you had it locked in for two years and then when it's time to take it out, you tell the insurance company, the annuity company, just pay this out over two or three or five years. That way it spreads out that taxable interest over time. So you got options on there, which is a helpful, helpful thing. Great questions. Good. I can tell uh, everyone listening. I saw the names of the people coming on in. I, these are all people that they know their stuff when it comes to interest rates and they're good savers. And that's exactly it. Uh, now interest rates for people who are good savers are so low, you got to think outside of the box, got to come up with something different. Wonderful. Well, uh, we'll send out everyone an email with some of the things like our process that's on there to decide. Uh, we'll um, send out that link to the Max My Interest so that you can um, go explore that if you want to and not have that uh, quarterly uh, minimum that are on there. And certainly as we're talking or just give us a call too, as we're talking with you over time here, uh, we want to make sure you're aware of uh, these fixed annuity rates that are out there because it could make sense for a portion and for a good number of our clients uh, that we've been meeting with the last few months, it has been making sense for a portion of their money to uh, get that higher rate by doing something a little bit, a little bit different. So with that, thanks Scott for coming out. Appreciate you taking some time. You're out in mountain time right now. So this is a little early one for you. Yeah. Uh, thanks for having me. I, I usually work, uh, I, I live in New York. Um, I'm out here because of the pandemic, but uh, I'm usually working by six. So um, this time worked perfect for me. So thanks again for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. And it's been uh, fun learning and getting all these different uh, options for our clients. So, uh, so thank you. Good. All right. Y'all have a good day. We'll talk soon. Jeremy, that was fantastic. I mean, th this is Obviously, I'm, I'm I'm assuming that your clients are getting a lot out of that because this is relevant. This is, and I, I like the fact that you're, like you started this podcast off. You know the information that you know today. You're giving the best information you possibly can. We're hoping that things are are staying the same. Actually, we're hoping that things are getting better over the next few yeah, weeks when yeah. this is released. Uh, but that was fantastic. W what would you say are the most important points that people need to take away from that podcast? If you were to wrap it up in a nutshell, sure. Well, there's a few of them. Uh, one of them is that we mentioned a couple tools in that webinar. It's the cost of waiting calculator mm -hmm. and then a sheet about the state guarantee funds. So yep. if that's something you're interested in, just send us an email. Go to retirement-revealed.com. You can send us a note that way. Or you can email me directly. It's Jeremy, J-E-R-E-M-Y, at KyleFP, K-E-I-L-F-P.com. And just ask that. We'll be happy to send that out on out to you. And speaking of this thing called the state guarantee fund, that's probably a new phrase for a lot of people. A lot of people we're talking to, I, I like to call them bank money people. They mm -hmm. know exactly how to get their their interest on their bank money. And they're familiar with these things like the FDIC and these different limits that are out there. And hopefully you got educated on a lot of new terms like the state guarantee fund term, another term called surrender period. We talked a decent amount about annuities, which are can be a, a way to get some better interest out of your bank money. And then we also mentioned this thing called the Max by Interest. So it's a service uh, that helps you get 
more interest on your bank money. They obviously charge a fee. That makes sense. How can they be in business without doing that? Mm -hmm. But they also usually charge a minimum. So you generally have to have a, a certain dollar amount in there for it to be worth your while. If you get a link to maximum interest through a financial advisor like ourselves, then they waive the minimum. They still charge the fee. They got to, but they waive the minimum. So if that's an interest to you, we'll have that link in the show notes on how you can nice. uh, get connected to Max My Interest, hopefully get some be better bank interest uh, interest on your bank money there. But I got to tell you, the number one thing to, to get into that, number one thing that we want people to take away is that you should have a bank money decision process. A lot of people look at their investments, look at their money in the bank, and it's just all haphazard. There's no process behind mm -hmm. it. And just like we believe you should have an investment process, you should have a process on your bank money. And to sum that up, it's number one, look at how much money you will spend each month and have that amount, have two to three months of that in your checking account. That's a good place to start. Number two with your bank interest money is pay off any debt that you have or maybe even delay your pension or social security. That might be a way to get some better return on your money. Number three is take a look at the next couple years and figure out how much money are you planning to take out of your investments to spend in the next two years. And that really ought to be in a place like a savings account because you know you can get it. And a lot of these places where you get better interest, different uh, bonds perhaps or annuities, usually you need to have the money there for at least two years to make it worth your while. But then number four, you get to how much money you have in the bank that's left over. You got to take care of the basics first, mm -hmm. and it's only until you get to your kind of leftover money uh, that you want to start looking to find some better better interest. So if you've gone through this process and you've got some money left over in the bank that you don't want to go into the market, start looking for some two to five year type of interest rate accounts. Maybe they're annuities, maybe they're different types of accounts that'll get you higher interest. And if you need some guidance on that, we are happy to help out. Give us a call. It's 262-333-8353. Or you can check us out on the internet at KyleFP, K-E-I-L-F-P.com. So there you go. Hopefully that sums it up well enough for, for you guys. Oh, yeah. No, that, that's fantastic. Jeremy, thank you so much. Um, interesting podcast today. It was a little bit different, but I really, really enjoyed it. Hey, we're trying to shake things up a bit, and we figure if we've got some good uh, content that's out there, let's get it out to, to everybody else. And I'm hoping that all of you out there enjoyed our talk on how to get more interest on your bank money. And thank you for listening to that Retirement Veal podcast. We believe if you know more about your money, you will feel better about your money, and you will make better money decisions. Thank you for listening to the Retirement Revealed podcast. Click on the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. Visit retirement-revealed.com to learn more. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Kyle Financial Partners. Kyle Financial Partners does not provide legal, accounting, or tax advice. Consult your attorney or tax professional. Representatives have general knowledge of the Social Security tenants. For complete details on your situation, contact the Social Security Administration. Kyle Financial Partners is a part of the Thrivent Advisor Network, a registered investment advisor. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning.